For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello. This is John Dorsey. How you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. We're glad to be here for you to talk about some of our notable takeaways from the weekend that was in football. And Kyle, welcome to the show. I guess this is Victory Monday for you. Yeah, feels good to be a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. I'll say that (laughs) for sure. Uh, But yeah, this has been a uh, lot of content this week, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of takeaways from the games that took place, and there's some some projection looking forward as far as things that we have to look forward to, uh, which we'll get into on today's show, uh, specifically talking about uh, some pro players and their performances or lack thereof. And so a couple things we want to talk about on today's show, Joe. Uh, but first and foremost... Uh, I do want to make a public admission. This is something that I had admitted on uh, social media yesterday during the games. And that admission was the decision to give Nathan Peterman a draftable grade is my biggest draft miss of all time. No, it's not. (laughs) It's really not. Is that a high criticism for my other takes, or is that just you no, giving me a hard God, time about no, teasing this? this no, this no Nate Peterman was a fine prospect. Um, man, uh, I liked him a lot. I had a third round grade on Nate Peterman. He went in the fifth round. I I overlooked some of his physical deficiencies because I thought he was a smart quarterback. Um. He's just really bad when he gets in the games. Um, despite some okay moments elsewhere, 10 interceptions on 82 career dropbacks is just historically terrible. And right. you feel for him because I think he's probably a really good person and he probably is pretty good in practice. But when he has to go on the field, it's pretty much disastrous. And uh, he sounded pretty pretty deflated after the game, after throwing two interceptions there in the fourth quarter in a game that – I think Buffalo should have won. Um, and he was probably part of the reason scoring the touchdown there that they put Buffalo in position to win the game. Um, and I thought some bad play calling by Brian Dable on a third and two to put three tight ends in the game and smash their head against a brick wall and punt the ball and give, give Deshaun Watson a chance to the ball at the end was a big mistake. And if that doesn't happen, then we never talk about how bad Nate Peterman was, but he was put in a critical situation. Once again, he struggled. But the, no, he's that's not your. Anyways, why? But I didn't mean, want to go down that road there, Kyle. But the, you bait me like this, and I can't help but take it. 
Nate Peterman having a draftable Nate grade on Nate Peterman is not a mistake. It just didn't work out, right? Like he's given the Bills reason on two different occasions to be named their starting quarterback. And I understand that that's for most likely for a lack of better options. One time to ignite the passing offense where Tyrod Taylor was just terrible to give it a spark. And then once because they needed to start him over Josh Allen for obvious reasons in week one. And both times he fell on his face, but give him credit, right? Like he was, he did enough to win, to win those opportunities. He, he, he just doesn't play well. I don't know. It's not, a, it's not a mistake. It's not your biggest mistake. Well, thank you. I appreciate you standing up for my brand and uh, defending my honor here on the show. Yeah, Kyle, uh, we got, we got a lot of other things <laughs> to get into better things to talk about yeah can we i want to kick it back to thursday night cow um saquon barkley awesome football player man uh you look at that game against the eagles i know that the giants are a terrible terrible football team that has no fight but he goes out 13 carries 130 yards and a touchdown nine catches for 99 yards he I, i put it on twitter and i thought this was a good tweet the nfl is saquon barkley's playground i mean he is just all of those dynamic traits that got us so excited that, you know, he was the number one player on your board. I think he was in the top five for me. All of those things, man, they show up on Sundays and he is just so special, right? But it seems like this cloud's always going to be over the discussion about Saquon Barkley because he was the number two pick in the draft and the Giants could have drafted Sam Darnold, right? We're going to talk about that forever. And especially if the Giants don't get the quarterback position right here very soon, right? It's Eli Manning is, is just totally cooked and they don't, I mean, Kyle Lalette is their backup in terms of their developmental guy. I don't, I don't think that he has a lot of upside as a starter. They could have the number one pick next year or a top five pick next year and maybe get a chance at Dwayne Haskins or, or Justin Herbert, but there's no guarantee those come out. So what I, what I want to do is kind of get into some discussion here about Saquon Barkley and you know, are, are we, can we just enjoy him and not have to think about no. the quarterback side of this? Or is that always just going to be the big, the big elephant in the room with the Barkley discussion? Yeah, absolutely not. We're never going to be allowed to enjoy nice things. I, so the nine yard run, right? The one where he hurdled like two mm-hmm. guys, I think it was three and had subsequent jump cuts mm-hmm. and like was just, I don't think a con, I put that on, on Twitter. I don't think a common fan of the sport, can see that play and understand the degree of difficulty and body control and physical ability it requires to do something even half as difficult as what Saquon Barkley did on that run. To be in midair, hurdle another human being who's trying to knock you on your ass, and whilst landing... Collect yourself in a manner that allows you to drop your pad level, absorb a hit, and then proceed to make another cut while landing from being completely detached from the ground at 230 pounds. That's not normal. That's not something human beings are supposed to be able to do. And here's the thing. People don't appreciate it because Saquon makes it look so easy. And I love the fact that the Giants are really embracing, you know, his talents and they're going to run the offense through him. And, you know, you, you get the 
I don't want to peg them and just say they're fantasy football people, but you get a lot of people that say, oh, well, you know, running backs are easily replaceable and this was this terrible decision. And listen, he's a special talent. He's showing he's a special talent. His production thus far and the ways he's manufactured his production prove he is a special talent. And I'm sorry, I'm going to go out and say it. If you gave me the chance to take Saquon Barkley and Justin Herbert or Sam Darnold and Bosa. Bosa. So if I can get Sam Darnold and Nick Bosa or I can get Saquon Barkley and uh, Justin Herbert, because that's really what this conversation is theoretically going to come down to. Uh, Offensively, I think I would rather have that combination. And no, it was not part of the plan to tank again this year because the, the Giants committed to Eli Manning, assuming that they would be able to be competitive. They have not been competitive. They're not going to be competitive. But here's the thing. There's always another year. This is like the people that get pissed off in your mock drafts because you didn't give them the position that they felt like they needed in round one. There's always another draft. There's always another opportunity to acquire talent. And if you get a really special talent like what there is in Saquon Barkley, sign me up. I'm fine with the Giants picking him at two. Barkley is currently on pace for 1,168 rushing yards, average 5.2 yards per carry, 11 rushing touchdowns, 107 receptions for 995 yards and five touchdowns. Was that worth the number two overall pick? (laughs) Yes, right? He's special. This is his first five games in his career, right? He's going to only get better. But should should the Giants have drafted Sam Darnold, it will be the debate. That never ends, Kyle. And we've got a lot more to get into, but I want to take a moment here and tell everyone about today's sponsor, MyBookie. And Kyle, we always get these questions about advice on who to bet on this week. And the truth is, we don't know who's going to win. But if you do, you've got to check out MyBookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I'm always going to tell people to bet with MyBookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. You can lay down some cash and win big today. I'd only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in a game. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code Locked on to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use our promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. We'll be back for more discussion right after this. All right, Joe. I want to talk about another rookie from the 2018 NFL class. But I want to talk about somebody on the defensive side of the ball. Top 10 pick has been very, very quiet thus far this season. I'm talking, of course, about former NC State product and current Denver Bronco, Bradley Chubb. Uh, My Broncos, Joe, are not (laughs) off to the thrilling start that I had anticipated. But I don't really know if it's because of talent, right? They seem like they're still a talented roster. 
and uh, they they just have not been able to really piece things together out the shoot, and that includes Bradley Chubb, who you would assume he's getting opportunities opposite Von Miller. He's going to get a lot of favorable looks. Well, Von really hasn't done, or I'm sorry, uh, Bradley really hasn't done a whole lot of anything until week six because Bradley had a hat trick of sacks in week six, and it seemed like they really let him off the chain. They let him stun around a little bit. They he had a his first sack was against Whitworth, where he walked him back into the pocket, and, and Goff tried to climb the ladder and right into the grasp of Bradley Chubb, a really nice aware play. And his final sack uh, was on a stun and showed an opportunity for him to kind of get into a gap penetration role and, and kind of bend and flatten as Goff got off his platform and help chase him down. So was really encouraged to see this kind of usage for Bradley Chubb, Joe. And my question for you is before this game, and I have my opinion here, but I want to pose it to you first. There's no concern here, right? Like You're not worried that he's had a slow start in his first four or five games, are you? No, uh, I'm very rarely worried about a rookie initially in the NFL. There's context with every single one of them, but um, it's not easy for guys to step in right away and produce. It's just not. I mean, um, even for a player like Bradley Chubb, who I thought was one of the best players in last year's draft, he was number you know top five on my board. Uh, my biggest concern, if I had one with Chubb, was him playing in, in a stand-up role for this Denver defense where I thought he was kind of that pure 4-3 defensive end. And so asking him to stand up, and, and he's not a guy that's overly explosive to begin with, I thought it really kind of took away from a lot of his best traits in winning 1v1 as a pass rusher. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. And uh, I guess one thing that can be afforded to him as a stand-up player, and this is an interesting conversation for another day at some point, is when you're asked to stand up a lot more, uh, you're afforded more flexibility with your starting point, your launch point, uh, where your angles are coming from, can give you an opportunity to kind of generate some more mismatches, maybe, as far as you know, standing you up and, and kind of murkying that line of scrimmage and uh, really trying to throw off and throw curveballs at protection. And it seemed like that's what Denver did a little more of in this game uh, against the Rams, which if you're going to have a breakout game, hey, go out and have it against the undefeated Rams. You know, that's got to make you feel good. And, you know, if you can go out and compete at a high level against them and and finish Jared Goff, who for the start of the season has proved pretty crafty working in the pocket, then, uh, you know, that that's a really good start right out the shoot for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, good to see him. This type of stuff will spark a player too, you know. I, I think that right. this could really catapult him as as the year goes on, and hopefully lead to some uh, some more production for Chubb. Big fan of his, uh, Kyle. I want to flip side, flip gears here to the college side and talk about a football player I got a chance to see this weekend. Ed Oliver, the Houston defensive tackle, got live eyes on him. I drove out to Greenville, which my God, that's in the middle of nowhere. Um, and uh, and saw him on Saturday, but it was worth uh, the commute. I'll tell you that. I even drove back in the middle of the night so I can be, get back home and get my article written and get ready for NFL football on Sunday. Um, man, he didn't disappoint. He, here's the thing. One of my big goals, I knew who he, who he is as a player, right? Like I, I grew more of an appreciation from him as a player in terms of his 
his quickness and his flexibility and his ability to torque and twist and his explosiveness and his leverage, all those things I grew more fond of from seeing him live. But one of my main goals that I wanted to achieve getting to see him was size him up, right? Understand his measurables. He's listed at 6'3", 292, Kyle. And uh, uh, you know what? I don't think he's even close to that. Um, I, I spent a good half an hour on the field basically following Ed Oliver around, just trying to size him up. And I, and I put it on Twitter. I think his honest, my honest guess on his measurables is 6'1", 275. I don't think he's over 280 for sure. I don't think he's under 270 because he's got some good thickness below the waist and in his thighs and he's got that bubble butt. So he's thick in the lower half, which I think leads me to believe he's over 270, but I'm not putting this guy over 280. Um, and so honestly, that, that's going to bring a lot of discussions about Aaron Donald and who checked in at the combine at 6'1", 285, and I definitely don't think he's 285. But um, I'm not concerned, Kyle. You know, I'm really not. I think that's kind of the big takeaway. And I'm going to write about that this week for the Draft Network. I'm going to write about Oliver and how I'm not concerned and what it really comes down to. So I think he's so explosive and he plays with such great leverage uh, that I don't think his lack of girth is going to limit his role as a three-tech in the NFL. He is a blue-chip prospect, in my opinion. And I'm personally just going to commit to everyone right now. I am not going to overthink this evaluation because – He's a little shorter or not quite as thick as I want him to be. I think he's a special blue chip talent in this draft, and uh, and he played great against East Carolina. Six tackles, five for a loss, two sacks. Uh, one of the sacks was a strip sack where the uh, you know Houston scooped and scored. I just think he's a high-impact player. That's exactly what the NFL needs for the way that offenses are playing right now. Now, I'm not concerned about you overthinking Ed Oliver, but is the NFL going to overthink Ed Oliver? Well, I talked to an NFL scout about Ed Oliver, and this is what he said. He said, I don't give a shit about his size. The three technique all day long, plays with leverage and power, and it wasn't a concern to him. So, and all it takes is one, right? And I don't think... But at the same time, I guarantee you there's going to be teams that overthink it. Right. Because it happens all the time. Where he doesn't meet our thresholds. And we don't want to bet on him being an outlier and having success. Well, so, I, I guess that's that's a narrative that I am looking... Oh, it's going to be exhausting. To... Yeah, to kind of nip in the bud as soon as possible because I'm with you. He, he's an excellent talent, extremely disruptive, extremely stout. I'm seeing Ed play next weekend, which I'm thrilled about. Yes. Tired of these damn fall weddings. <laughs> and two and three weeks. I've had enough. No more. It's all football here on out. I actually have scouting trips every single week from now until the first week in December. Um, do, do you not have one the first week in December, Kyle? I do. That's what I mean. Oh, okay. So I after that, including okay. that week, okay, including that week. Yeah. So right. it, it will be the second week in December before I have a, a Saturday where I'm not. At and that's only because it's bowl season, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. I've ran out of games. Right out of games. <laughs> and we got two together. We got two together coming up, Kyle. Yeah. People have that to look it's forward to. Two, two weeks in a row. Yeah. It's going it's it's to be glorious. It'll be glorious. One other narrative on Ed Oliver that is inevitable to come up the size stuff we're going to talk about. The other thing is going to be this whole loyal to the soil, how he stayed 
in Houston. Obviously a guy out of high school that could have went anywhere in the country and he chose to go to Houston. And, you know, he his reasoning is that he's loyal to the soil. He's a Houston guy. And so when he gets drafted to the NFL, he could be going to Atlanta or Buffalo or Cleveland or Seattle, wherever. It's it's probably not going to be Houston, to be honest with you. And so is that going to be some kind of weird talking point? He's going to have to answer questions about that. But right. it, it's just going to be two narratives that have nothing to do with his ability to play football that are going to be exhausting here very soon. All things we have to look forward to. I will say this as well before we take a brief break. Uh, to, to introduce a new prospect that is definitely on my radar that needs to be on your radar as well. Um, dimensions are already getting insufferable this year. I don't know if it's just me. It's Have just you me. experienced this as well? You invited Kyle. Do I? Yeah, is that the you problem? You invited. It's been bad. <laughs> it's been very, very bad already. I had somebody tell me that they would drink a lot too if they had the hairline that I had. Oh, see. Which I don't even know what that means. See, you you asked for it. You asked. My for hairline's it. fine. I agree. I I don't have any problem. With I, your hairline. I, I said, listen, there's not enough alcohol in my house to drink off the stress that the Dolphins gave me this weekend. <laughs> and somebody said I would drink a lot too if I had that hairline. What what if they saw my hairline, man? They. I don't know. That's why I don't post <laughs> drinking videos of my hair of me. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't need it. I don't need. It. Well, I'm also usually not drinking, but. Um. And people, people are weird. Yeah, it's been, it's been a rough start, but that's okay. We'll be right back after this brief pause to introduce the newest player that has my heart here on Draft Dudes. Joe, are you ready to le- learn a new football name? I'm always ready, Kyle. I'm a draft dude. T.J. Hawkinson. Does that name mean anything to you? No, not at all. Never heard of him. Okay. Well, TJ Hawkinson plays tight end for Iowa. And this some bitch is the reason that Iowa doesn't throw the football to Noah Fant all the time. Right? So this is this has been my big bemoaning uh theme of the month of October is Iowa has thrown and and completed 23 balls to Noah Fant. He's averaging 13 yards a catch. He's got six touchdowns this year. Why would you not throw it to him more, right? It's just it's frustrating. But TJ Hawkinson, number 38, he's a redshirt sophomore tight end for the Iowa Hawkeyes. He is leading this team in receptions. He has 22 receptions. I'm sorry, he has. See, he's second on the team in receptions with 22, but he has 394 yards. He's averaging 18 yards a catch. 6'5", 243. And this guy will beat you up up front. So Finn is the guy that they flex pretty frequently. Hawkinson's the guy that plays in line the vast majority of the time. And Joe, did you see the block mm-hmm. that he threw against Indiana this Yeah, I week? saw that on the Twitter. Yep. Oh my goodness. He has multiple of that. He has those blocks against Wisconsin. So this is not just like we're beaten up from some two or one star player in, in Indiana. He's doing this to Wisconsin guys, picking them up off the line of scrimmage and driving them 10 yards out of the picture. <laughs> 
So I'm swooning over TJ Hawkinson. He's had several big plays this year down the field, obviously averaging almost 18 yards a catch. And he's really got my eye. These Iowa tight ends, it's a one-two punch. They use them both, and they will size you to death. Nate Stanley's quietly playing pretty solid so far this season, and a lot of that comes because they have these two size players in the middle of the field that will beat you up. And Hawkinson is a redshirt sophomore. He's polished as a blocker. He's showing some awareness as far as his angles in the secondary running his routes. So I'm a really, really big fan here. This is a player that when I update my tight end rankings, he'll probably be in the top half of those tight end rankings. It's a good tight end class too. So It's an extremely good tight end class. I guess I got to spend some time watching Iowa tight ends, man. Yep. What's his size again? 6'5", 243. Oh, and he's just a redshirt sophomore? Yeah. So he came into Iowa. His recruiting profile was listed at 220. Okay. He's up to 243. And I believe he played at 230 last year as a redshirt redshirt freshman. He's burying dudes? He's bulked up to about 243. And he's burying dudes. So they had Kittle, this guy, and Fant all in one tight end room? Um... I guess yeah. technically, yeah. Two years ago, right? Yeah, two years ago. Good to be an Iowa tight end. Holy kid. Tight end you? Maybe. Uh, no, not, it's still Miami. Oh, yeah. Then Joku, Olsen. <laughs> Somebody else, I'm sure. Winslow back in the day. Yeah. Shockey. Yeah, it's... it's Yeah, it's, it's, it's Miami. But if you were born after the year 2000... Maybe it's Iowa. Too bad Fedorovich, because I th- I thought he could play. I mean, he was a big stiff dude, yeah. but like he's a mismatch in terms of size, and he can block. I mean, he was ass kicker as a blocker. Oh, and, and he he had a nice year for mm-hmm. Houston before the injury. Signed that three year twenty plus million, yeah, and then he yeah. had concussions. Too many of them. Yeah, it's a shame. Yep. So, Joe, please, that's your homework for today's show. T.J. Hawkinson, check him out. Want to know what you think? His profile, by the way, just went up over at the Draft Network. Mm. So if you don't know anything about TJ Hawkinson, you guys can find out as well. Swing over to the Draft Network and check it out. That's going to do it for us here today on The Dudes. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening in on today's Monday show. We hope you guys enjoyed the weekend in football. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you have takes for Takes on Takes Tuesday, please hit us up on Twitter with the hashtag Takes on Takes with your hot take. You can reach Joe at the Joe Marino. I am at grinding the tape. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino signing off. This is the Drafties Podcast. We'll catch up with you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.